Good morning, all hands on deck. How are you doing this hump day? It's Wednesday, April 15, 2020. April 15th is tax day, but I do believe the government extended it. So no taxes, no filing taxes are due today. Thank the Lord. I am pretty stoked to report we're having a very warm, sunny day. I was kind of getting tired of all the rain. And we're going to have rain later on this week, as a matter of fact. But I am... I'm noticing we're having a bit more rain these days. So anytime that there is a sunny day, blue skies, warm weather in Los Angeles, it is great mental medicine for me. However, the catch to that would be folks around here tend to get a slight amnesia and forget that we are knee deep in a pandemic trying to curve the 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 highest point come May of folks catching it and things like that. So these folks, I noticed during the sunny days, when the sun comes out and there's blue skies, the amnesia is thick. I see folks not wearing a mask. I see folks out riding bikes. And I'm not hating on the bikes and the walks that they need to take, but just from my house to my comadas yesterday, I spotted 10 people not wearing a mask. That's a $1,000 fine. So I was up to $10,000 giving out these imaginary fines in my head to these people who do not want to wear a mask. And then on the rainy days, on the colder weather, when people tend to feel a little more sluggish or a little more down because the weather does determine a person's mood sometimes or at least, you know, it is uh, influencing their mood. So I notice in those times, folks put on their masks. You know, they're wearing their, their sweaters, their masks, and their gloves. But come the sun, the amnesia, it gets... it. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, these people tend to act like the Grim Reaper ain't walking to and fro Los Angeles streets trying to find and catch somebody who is unprotected, refusing to adhere to whatever the government is implementing that particular week, day, month. But we're still in the curve. So, you know, I'm just encouraging folks, wash your hands, change your gloves, take care of yourselves. Are you getting enough rest? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you taking care of your heart, your soul, your spirit? Remember, in order to take care of others, we need to take care of ourselves first. Empty vessels cannot pour into others. So during this time of uh, stay in your home, you know, try your best not to go out. You know, and when you do go out, get enough so that you don't have to keep going out. But we got to take care of ourselves. And that includes, you know, listening to your favorite music. Uh, whatever your hobbies are, you know, go for it. Taking a walk with your mask on, by the way. And things like that. Getting enough sleep. Take a nap, you know. Make your favorite meal. Bake something nice. Give it to somebody. I find when you bless others, it's good medicine for your own being, your own mental, uh, you know, power or, or um, just your own spirit. When you, when you bless people, when you're going through things yourself, I think that's the greatest uh, sacrifice and, and it's just the way folks 
do better, you know. Uh, I was very um, thankful and I appreciated that on Easter morning when my godchildren woke up, there was eggs all over the yard and the neighbor down the street came and they did up Easter for the kids. So the Easter bunny did show and the kids were able to go outside and do the Easter egg hunt, which I thought that's that's humanity at its best. People taking care of people and, you know, sad to say it takes like big things to um, get other people to wake up. Not that I'm saying that these particular people who, did, who had the eggs are in that category, but I think like the world in general, humanity in general, you know, I remember after 9-11, I mean, the, the American spirit was so strong. And I think during this pandemic, the American spirit and people's heart and humanity do rise up to the surface and meet the needs of each other. So I think that's awesome. So I appreciate everybody who's going out of their way to help folks to bake something or make a meal and, and give it to a neighbor, give it to a friend, hide Easter eggs for children, drop off some groceries to somebody, anything and everything. For instance, we've been on uh, Sweatshop Central with sewing these masks for people. And we sew like a hundred to over a hundred each day. It's going on a week now. And um, we're a little tired, a little sluggish, but being a blessing outranks everything that comes along with sewing and things like that and I'm so grateful that we're able to be a blessing and Valentina has collected and hoarded fabric for sev several years and it um, I just find it very ironic and, and a total God thing that it would all come into play and all tie in like in this particular day and time in the world where she thought she was just collecting fabric because she loved it. But the Lord will use your hoarding tendencies and your hobbies to bless other people. So, you know, she she has yet to make a dent in all of her fabrics that she has. And it's like every time she goes to the garage and gets more fabric, I'm all, oh my God, I'm going to have to put in for my vacation time or can I get a break? You know, the boss works us. But it's, you know, jokingly, but it's a great... It's a great way to give back and we get orders from, you know, different states in our local communities and different counties and things like that. So it's great that we're able to provide comfortable masks, They're like $4 each, uh, not um, adding shipping. It just depends on how many masks that you, you purchase. So if you don't have a mask and you need one, Please contact Valentina or myself. You know, look up, look us up on Facebook. We're there, but you need to wear a mask. And if we can provide one, please let us know. We also make them smaller for toddlers and children and things like that. So, you know, I'm just so appreciative that she's using her talent and Grandpa's working. And I, I just sew the, the elastic on. I, I don't do too much, but um, hey. The elastic that you put around your ears to hold the mask on your face is a job too. So I appreciate uh, being a part of uh, the blessing to others. So again, if, if you don't have a mask, 
and you need one, please get a hold of us. We'll be more than happy to get you one as soon as possible. So let's talk about how we're doing. Being cooped up, kind of in a Noah's Ark season where everybody has to stay put and, uh, you know, being tested in that area. I think we've all, um, I don't know if we're still going stir crazy or, or did we make peace with it yet? Um, because I don't hear too much complaining now. Other, It's like um, one extreme to the next. There's no in between either. There, You're doing a really, really good job and you've come to peace with it and, and you're just home doing your family thing, doing your thing, or you're out and about with no mask, you know, teasing the Grim Reaper. I don't I don't see any in between, especially over here. But I think people are making peace with it. And I think that's awesome because they did extend it to mid-May. And uh, so brace yourself if they extend it longer than that. But I know that the governors are meeting with each other and they're going to go over ways to slowly, you know, ease their grip on, you know, when it is time to head back out and, you know, get to back to life as we know it. But then also keep in mind, things will never be the same. You know, our social interactions outside our homes, I think they will be forever altered because you're going to, you're almost traumatized from this pandemic. You, you're, we're going to one day re-enter society, coming out of our homes, going back to our jobs, going back to, again, life as we know it, but how much is it, the pandemic going to alter any future interactions, you know, even shaking a hand, giving a hug, going to folks' houses, going to the grocery stores. You're, I think people are forever going to be like, I need to wash my hands. I need to get some Lysol. Like when I'm at the store buying toilet paper, let me just buy an extra one and throw it in the closet. Or when I'm buying water, let me buy an extra one and put it in the dining room or wherever the pantry may be at your house. But I think folks are going to forever have it in the back of their heads now. Like, let's not ever get caught off uh, caught off guard again um, just in case there's any future uh, pandemic. Or even folks that live in California, we have earthquakes. I mean, this is a great time to uh, start making our emergency prep kits and things like that or, or start, you know, buying an ex extra cans of food and the can opener, flashlights and things like that, you know, emergency contacts. But I just think it's a good time just to just think about what are we going to do when we do hit the streets and do go back to life and how are we forever altered by it? You know, how when you're introduced to someone new, you automatically go in for the handshake. I say we just uh, connect elbows from here on out. I think that's a great idea or, you know, bump each other or, or I see those people um, tap each other's shoes. You know, I think that's great. But there are some things that we're going to have to alter in general. So it's just something to think about, something that I've been thinking about myself. But I'm forever, I'm forever going to do the elbow thing, you know, because... Unless I know you, uh, then I'll reach for your hand. But if I don't, you're getting my elbow. That's for sure. So let's see what's going on today. Uh, my last pos podcast was nevertheless, hashtag nevertheless. And that's when I, when I uh, touched up on uh, Jesus in the garden prior to his crucifixion. 
and his death and resurrection and the mentality and the attitude and the choice that he made while human on earth to say, Lord, let this cup of suffering pass. But if it doesn't, hashtag, nevertheless, I'm still going to go forward. I'm still going to execute this journey that I'm on. I'm still going to execute saving mankind and reconciling us back to the Father. I mean, he executed his mission perfectly, but he had to make that choice of nevertheless. So I touched up on the fact that there are things in our lives that happen. There are tragedies, death, losses of all kinds and and to adopt the hashtag nevertheless so that we can get through it and, and grow evolve and be there for somebody in the future who will be going through the same thing and then they were able to help because we chose to live adopt and execute the nevertheless mentality which is totally important but i just touched up on how the Lord was modeling it for his disciples. You know, remember classes always in session. We're always going to be evolving until our last breath. We're always going to be available to learn. You know, unfortunately, there's some people who just stop learning, you know, and I find that uh, as long as you have a pulse, you're forever going to be learning because what was standard in one season, the next season requires something else of us because we're totally evolving round the clock we're not who we were yesterday and we're not we're not who we're going to be tomorrow as of right now so just think about that and take a listen if you didn't hear it the last podcast so let's see i'm grateful for any season you know that offers any kind of growth i'm grateful for any season that is going to teach me to just maybe be a better person, be more open, be a better listener, be more available to what the Lord wants me to do. And um, I'm. this is what I wrote on my notes. I'm so grateful that there are seasons that we have springtime after perhaps a cold, tough winter, that we have summer times that are full of sunny days and blue skies. And after all the rain in spring, it's good to have a sunny day. Then we have fall, autumn, which is my favorite, in my opinion, of all the seasons because the beautiful colors come. You know, in, in, in the year and the other seasons are winding down, in the autumn time you'll see such a different, even in the air that we breathe, the air becomes a little more crisp and we're able to see the fall colors, especially if you are in uh, the other yeah, states who have the full-blown seasons, but like I'm really quick to go look for a tree whose leaves are changing, you know. They go the green, the brown, the orange, the red, and all those awesome colors. But uh, I think sometimes we fight growing because it's uncomfortable and we're out of our comfort zone. And when seasons change, we may find ourselves displaced and we feel insecure and lost. Like a child who's lost in the store looking around and calling for their parents. But I think, you know, fighting our own growth is a disservice to ourselves and it, ser it just becomes a disadvantage to our um, evolving. No one likes to be caught up in a, in a, you know, uncomfortable time in their lives and out of their comfort zone. And I think when seasons do change, we find ourselves in this displacement phase where we're unsure because we're not used to it. We're on uncharted territory. 
And that's when faith would need to come into play. You know, there would definitely need to be a mentality of fake it till you make it, so to speak. You know, exercising your faith in those seasons of uncertainty. Because as long as uh, there's life, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There's going to be seasons. You know, there's going to be summer times and spring and winter and fall and all. And it's going to keep on going. And it's not going to stop, the Bible says. So we might as well embrace every season. You know, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the irritated seasons, the angry seasons, those seasons where we're, we're complaining because we feel that life is unfair. Uh, and the other seasons where we're embracing it and we're being our best selves and we're just at the top of our game. But in order to have those great seasons, you have to go to... You have to go through those uncomfortable times out of our comfort zones. And that's where I think we learn the most. So the, come the seasons when we're thriving, it's because those seeds were planted of perhaps suffering, perhaps loss, perhaps pain. And, and those times where we're so uncertain and we have to use that long faith. Because when we pray and we ask the Lord for things, He does. It's He's not a microwave God. He's more like a crockpot kind of God where he's, he's going to utilize this thing on earth called time. And he's going to utilize this thing on earth that's called seasons. And the Bible says there's seasons for everything. There's a, there's a time to plant and there's a time to harvest. There's the time to stay in and there's a time to go out. There's a time to be fed and there's a time to feed. There's a time to cry and there's a time to laugh. There's a time to gain and there's a time for loss. And, and there's just basically, break it down, there's a time for everything. And I think we tend to get hung up on this, uh, this complaining that life isn't fair sometimes, that God isn't fair. And, and I think it is true that God isn't fair, but he's just, you know, because my thought is, you know, God being fair isn't his number one goal for us just to make sure that we're comfy and cozy all the time. But he's just, he's going to make sure that all things work out for the good, for our good. Even those ugly parts, those painful parts, those unfair parts, those parts where we just blew it. He's there to tie it all in in our journey. And he wraps it all up with a greater story and a greater purpose. Nothing is left to the wayside. If we have lived it, it's our story. And I think we need to embrace our own stories. We tend to fight them and resent them and we want to change them. But I think if we, the more we embrace our story, the better testimonies we are to those around us, you know. And our stories are to grow and to become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. And I think we need to embrace our journeys just a little better. And I'm just preaching to myself when I say this. And whenever, whatever and whenever we endured certain things in our life, it's all for a purpose. It's all for our journey. It's all for a plan. It's an avenue and a channel that God uses to grow us, to be that next person, to evolve through the experiences, to be a better person, a more whole person, a benefiting person, to pass it on to the next person that who perhaps is going through what we endured in our last season. To extend the hand through, to them through their own painful season. 
through their own loss, to extend our hand, to be that bridge, to be that gap for the Lord. Because we are that bridge that the world is going to cross over to get to the Father. Because remember, we are God's hands, we are His legs, we are His voice. We are the image of God. So that bridge that we choose to be for the Lord that bridge can only be through our own experiences, through our own journey, through our own suffering, through our own loss, through our own highs and lows, through our own seasons. We evolve to be the bridge. And remember, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It's just, it just means that we chose to be that living sacrifice, to surrender a part of us or all of us so that the Lord can get the glory at the end. Because not everybody's going to knock at your door and say, teach me this. Or what do you think about that? But they're going to see you walk it out. They're going to see you walk out your faith. And they're going to see that you're different, that you're peculiar, that you're a light. And they're going to be drawn to you. So then that's when we need to be ready at any given time to, to be used. You know, to give an account, you know. Because people are going to trip out on you. They're going, to, they're going to evolve around you. And I find as a Christian, people are going to do basically two things. Either they're going to gravitate towards you or they're going to hate on you. And either way, those two things come into play. Know that you're in the right place. Especially when the world hates, again, hates uh, against you. Because, you know, you keep in mind they hated Jesus first. They betrayed Jesus first. Jesus was there to suffer everything we would ever go through. So we also know that we serve a God that understands our pain, that understands our disappointment, that understands the concept of loss, that under, also understands the concept of overcoming and having that nevertheless attitude because he was there to, to walk it out and to teach us. And we have the Bible to reference, to read. I learned to pray... That prayer that, um, uh, I believe it was Job. Job. Job prayed, though he slay me, yet I will trust you. That's a Job kind of prayer. And I think Job is the real MVP of suffering and pain. Nothing we can ever experience can compare to Job's testimony, his journey, his story. This man lost everything and everyone. All in one day, it was all wiped out. The suffering he endured and to his physical body, because this fella got blisters and sores and boils to the point where, you know, folks that knew him well could not even recognize him physically because these granos took over these boils and these sores. And so not only did Job lose all of his his cattle and, and the the children his own children, he lost basically everything. And he walked that road of suffering to the point where his his wife was, oh man, just curse your God and die. Because she was suffering from caregivers uh, fatigue and faith fatigue because she those were her children that were lost in it too. So she was like, look, I lost all of my children too. And now you want me to take care of you? I'm dealing with my own pain. I'm dealing with my own loss. So basically, why don't you just curse your God and die because you look like you're pretty tore up. And why did Job go through such suffering? Why did Job go through such loss? Why did Job, Job go through such pain? You know, 
the Bible says that the devil went to God and he went to God and he says, you know, just Noah only loves you and serves you and is loyal to you because you basically give him everything. And, and yeah, if I was giving everything, it would be easy to serve and love God too. So that was the devil's mentality. And the Lord's all, no, mm -mm, no. And so the devil was, well, you know, let me get to him because Job had a hedge of protection around him. So the devil's all, why don't you just let that hedge of protection down a little bit and I, I will prove to you that Job only loves and trusts you and serves you and is faithful to his call because you give him everything. You've given him everything. He's the richest man. He has all these children. He has a wife. You know, of course, he's living the good life. So the Lord's all, okay, you know, you can, you know, try Job, but you can do everything but take his life. You may not take Job's life because Job's life is not for the devil to take. Job's life belonged to the Lord. So fast forward, that's when Job loses all of his cattle, all of his children, everything that he physically acquired on earth this man lost and you just can imagine you know losing all your children and he had several children and he was one of the richest guys and boom he went from being a billionaire to a zillionaire all in one all in one day all in one season all in one week you know and how do you even try to digest that and come to a point in a prayer and you're like though he slay me yet will i trust him like that is the ultimate hashtag nevertheless being implemented. And remember, Job is in the Old Testament. Jesus in the garden asking three times for God to remove that cup of suffering is in the New Testament. But they still coincide because the Bible is basically the entire gospel of, of God breathed into scripture. To say, even though I'm going through this suffering, I'm going through this pain, I'm going through this loss, I'm going through this pandemic, I may be alone, or I've lost so much, but nevertheless, yet I will trust you. You know, though you slay me and you're taking me out, and I can only find myself on my knees with tears in my eyes, alone, not understanding it, scared. Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Hashtag nevertheless right there. And, you know, it didn't end overnight. It was a process. It was an entire season or two. So Job got tired. He began to complain. But then he gathered himself and, and he did pray that prayer that though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And like though he slay me, he, God, allowing the devil to test Job, to test Job in every area, to test Job financially, to test Job spiritually psychologically physically and if you've been tested in all those areas you know it's going to weigh you down you know you're going to get fatigue faith fatigue mental fatigue spiritual fatigue all of these fatigues culminating to a man who who is still human and he did play his violin and he did complain and he did become angry and he did become frustrated. Remember, Job is human, but he could gather all that up. He can gather all that up and put it in a bag and say, though 
he slay me yet will I trust him. And then you fast forward, the Lord gave back Job double for his trouble. He, Job was richer than he had ever been before. Job had more children. He was able to do the second part of his life, to reinvent himself, to let his long faith play into, look, I lost all that, but the Lord gave me double for my trouble. It doesn't mean that he never mourned for those children that he lost, but he also knew money wasn't everything that the Lord replaced it and in his latter days were greater than the former. So, you know, we never go through anything in vain. There's not a season of loss and pain that is in vain. It's a part of our journey. It's a part of our story. It, it identifies us, but it doesn't dominate us because we, it grows us to evolve us to be that bridge. That Job was able to be the bridge to others and the road of suffering, he'd be like, look, though he slay you, yet you will trust him. And sometimes we got to remind ourselves that the Lord gives and takes away. You know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh. He's in control over that. Remember, I said the Lord is not fair, but he is just. He was just to, to Job to be like, I'm going to give you double for your trouble. And he was healed, and he was restored emotionally, psychologically, physically, spiritually. And now he's all up as an MVP in the Bible in the Old Testament. So if you ever want to complain or feel sorry for yourself or, or, or play your little violin, I remind myself of Job. In the moments where I don't understand and I'm frustrated and angry, I remind myself of Job and I try to pray that prayer. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And nevertheless, not my will, Father, your will, because you give and take away. You're in charge of giving, you're in charge of taking, and it's my job to accept it, to grow from it, to move on from it, and to use it in my story, in my journey, to be the bridge, to be the gap that people cross over to find the Lord and find their own salvation, to pass on the buck, so to speak. So, you know, cry, cry if you must. Your head's gonna hang low at times and your heart will ache and you'll find yourself burying the people that you love the most and you'll have to reinvent yourself. You'll have to get new friends. You have to uh, accept retirement if that's what the Lord is giving you. But though he slay you, yet you will trust him. And hashtag, it's going to be okay. Life goes on. If you're still alive and you still got a pulse, everything you've been through has yet to kill you. And it's because the Lord has a story and a purpose connected to your pain, connected to your name. You know, great future seasons require present seasons of pure suffering. And in order to thrive in our destiny, we, we do need those seasons of suffering and loss. It's, a pretty, it's pretty heavy, but it's so possible. It's so possible. You look at these, you read about these people in the Bible, and you look at their stories, and it, it's possible. It's possible because of last week's Easter Resurrection Weekend. It, everything is possible. 
So let's think about that for the next few days and recall all those seasons of great suffering and loss, whether we went through them in the past, whether we're going through them now. Because if you live long enough, you're going to face these seasons. So we're going to reflect on them. We're going to think about them. We're going to think how it evolved us, how it grew us, how it stretched us, you know, and that we're still alive to tell our stories. We're still alive to live our journeys out. No one has been called home as of yet. And the price to be that bridge to someone who is going through the same thing you overcame, boom. That, that, that's one of the prizes in itself. We carry our own crosses by letting those seasons of suffering develop us and to grow us into better folks for other people, for the glory of the Lord. So in closing, let's cover our fun fact for the day, which is very interesting to me. Heart attacks are more likely to happen on Mondays. So I'm thinking when I used to work, Mondays were always dreaded. You know, Saturdays, you're feeling good. You know, I remember Fridays close to uh, time to get off. I was in a great mood, especially waking up on Fridays. I'm all like, yes, it's Friday. I got the weekend. Saturdays, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it up Sunday around 2 p.m. That, oh my goodness, it's Monday. And I think it's just uh, to train your mind. To be like, hey, God made Mondays too, so let's not hate on them to the point where we're having more more heart attacks on Mondays than not. So, think about that. Until next time, the Lord bless and keep you and remember to change your gloves. They're not always going to stay, you know, um, germ-free because you're using those gloves to protect you for a reason. So, change your gloves. If you don't have extra, wash the gloves that you have. And take care of yourselves. See you later.